0: Welcome to Powered Powered by by Magic, Magic,
1: where we discuss topics surrounding magic and common or not so common questions. Let's take this journey together. Hi, I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we're
0: coming to you from Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a broom and come ride with us. Hey Sylvia, how are you doing this week? Pretty good. I had a great week at work, I had a good week at home and got to go to a pumpkin carving party this last week uh, this last weekend just yesterday actually yeah i i got to enjoy that with you that was wonderful carved a pumpkin that was a rat or rats on the front and then on the back carved a cat so that when it's lit up it looks like the cat's looking at the rats from the wall because the silhouette of the cat hits the wall and looks like it's looking at the rats
1: and that sounds so cool. And I got to see that without a candle in it, but I'm really hoping that I get a chance to see it with the candle in it in the dark because that just sounds really,
0: really cool. I'm pretty sure we got some pictures of it. I'll have them sent to you. Cool. Maybe we should post those too. Yes. Otherwise, last weekend, I went to the pumpkin patch to get the pumpkins that we carved with a couple of, friend of my, friends of mine. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We took a hayride to the patch. It was a special patch that only people who took the hayride got to go to. It was so cool. They had three, four different kinds of pumpkins out there. Really? Yeah, they had these flat red ones. They had like white ones. They had warty ones. And then they had the regular orange ones. Yeah? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, the (laughs) the pumpkin patch
1: I went to also had those. It was really nice. I went up to Hentz Family Farm,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I went with my son, his wife, and some friends. Mm -hmm. We had his niece go. She's like, I don't know, ten? No, she's seven. She's seven. Oh my! She was so excited. She would go and pick out a pumpkin, then. It would be bigger than her and she'd be asking my son to carry it and it was really cute interactions (laughs) he'd be like i don't know if you ask me nicely and she'd have to be like please and then she'd go (laughs) along dump that pumpkin and go
0: find another one to do it with (laughs) she did this last year too anyway i I interrupted no you're fine you're fine that was kind of the end of my story anyways (laughs) um how were how was your last weekend well part of it was going to the
1: pumpkin patch with my son And his wife, I got to spend the night over at their place because they live out in the country and I don't drive in the dark. Mm -hmm. It gets too late for me to drive Mm -hmm. home and I get to spend the night out there, which is really lovely. Mm -hmm. This time was particularly enjoyable. I got to spend it sitting on the couch playing video games and my son sat next to me with his video games called Valheim. Ooh. I love watching it. The graphics are fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's a, what do you call it? A survivor? Survival, yeah. Survival game. Survival game. He has a friend he does it with, and you can hear the friend talking, and they do it like they're Vikings. Oh, boy. With the accent and everything. With the accent and everything. It's so hilarious what they (laughs) say. And I just love watching it. Normally, he will do this in his bedroom, no, his office, which has, you know, like two TV screens and this board Keyboard that lights up and will the lights will go to the different colors with the music. Oh wow He has a microphone everything. He is like so stuck and he decided to sit out on the couch with me instead oh. So I could look over his shoulder and do my thing too. It was really sweet. That's wonderful and We had pizza and you know, we just had a great time other than that Wasn't a terribly busy week. hmm Yeah Every week I tell you or every other week or whatever, when we record, I always say it's the podcast that's my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably what's going on. My cat is still at my friend's house. I'm doing a lot of house sitting, which never seems to be ending. Mm -hmm. I love it. I do. It's just I haven't been in my home, in my routine for quite a while now. It's hard on myself and my
0: cats. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it for me. This is our Yule episode, getting ready for the return of the light. Great. As per usual, I would love to hear what god or goddess you picked. All right. We start with Mithra, a Persian god of contracts, friendship, order, the rising sun, covenants, and later, of war description is a young man riding a chariot drawn by white horses with an arsenal of weapons but mainly his mace his duties is he helped to judge the dead heralded the rising of the sun oversaw the change of seasons bestowed the divine right to rule for kings and maintained the cosmic order his lineage is mithras sprang from a rock fully in adult form he has no spouses or children Unfortunately, there were no stories that I could find that have survived anyways, that I, yeah, that I could find. Mm. Interesting facts, Mithra is often seen as a template from which Christ was cut. Now, there isn't actually a whole bunch of evidence for that. The connection between Mithra and Christ was discovered or come up with by French scholars Charles-Francois Dupuis and constantin francois Chasse. I probably butchered those Anyway <laughs> Later after he was Persian He became popular with the Roman army And that's where the association with war came from His symbols are sun, the sun and maces hmm. Okay That was great, thank you You're welcome And now we have Superstitions with Tatiana. Okay,
1: I chose the superstition of knocking on wood. This originated possibly from the Celtic, British, or Indo-European peoples. The immediate and more well-known superstition of knocking on wood is the one of the Celts. Knocking on wood of their home or those of others, was derived from the idea that good and bad spirits lived in the wood and that by knocking on it, you could either summon or rid yourself of these spirits. And Christians, apparently. Mm -hmm. The ridding of Christians by doing this is what linked the magical power of the crucifix to the Christians and bad spirits.
0: Ah, okay.
1: For example, holding the crucifix up towards Dracula in the movies, which Dracula is an evil spirit of sorts, is what would ward him off. Mm -hmm. That's because of that association of the protection and superstitions that they could ward off evil spirits, such as Christians and such, from earlier on. Okay. I hope that made sense. (laughs) (laughs) It did to me. Okay, if it didn't, uh, well, tell me, people. Later it's been thought that this superstition, according to some historians, began in the 19th century, connected with the children's game known as Twiggy Touchwood or Tig Touchwood, which we refer to as Tag nowadays. Although the difference lies in the fact that you touch wood for immunity from becoming it back then, Tig would be the person who was it, whereas today you can touch anything agreed upon. The phrase touch wood is still used today in British culture, sometimes in lieu of actually touching wood. Other countries use other materials, such as steel in Italy, possibly associated with the iron horseshoe. Turks still use wood but require you to knock twice on it, and so on. Based on my research, it would seem that we here in the States have taken a bit from at least two of these the Celts in looking for protection from bad luck, and the Turks in that we most often knock on wood twice. Of course, nowadays, it's particle board. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we wanna go ahead and move on into Yule. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what is Yule? Mm. A brief description of what Yule is, is that it's the winter solstice, it is the Sabbat of the pagan cultures celebrating the returning of the light and the God rising again. Yule sits opposite Midsummer on the wheel of the year. In the time when Christians were seeking to convert pagans, Christmas was set near Yule holiday on the calendar and took on many of its practices. Yule falls between December 20th and 22nd north of the equator and June 20th and 22nd south of the equator. In Celtic tradition, the oak tree represents Yule and the holly is associated with Midsummer. The oak king defeats the holly king and is considered a symbol of strength and endurance. The oak was also considered to have been a bridge connecting this world to the land of the Fae. Aha!
0: Interesting. Okay. I think you have a little treat for us, don't you? I do. It's a sweet little story that I found while searching around on the internet and it's called why the evergreen trees keep their leaves in winter one day a long long time ago it was very cold winter was coming and all the birds flew away to the warm south to wait for the spring but one little bird had a broken wing and could not fly he did not know what to do he looked all around to see if there was any place where he could keep warm and he saw the trees of the great forest "'Perhaps the trees will keep me warm through the winter,' he said. "'So he went to the edge of the forest, hopping and fluttering with his broken wing. "'The first tree he came to was a slim silver birch. "'Beautiful birch tree,' he said. "'Will you let me live in your warm branches until the springtime comes?' "'Dear me,' said the birch tree. "'What a thing to ask. "'I have to take care of my own leaves through the winter. "'That is enough for me. "'Go away.' The little bird hopped and fluttered with his broken wing until he came to the next tree. It was a great big oak tree. Oh, big oak tree, said the little bird, will you let me live in your warm branches until the springtime comes? Dear me, said the oak tree, what a thing to ask. If you stay in my branches all winter, you will be eating my acorns. Go away. So the little bird hopped and fluttered with his broken wing till he came to the willow tree by the edge of the brook. "'Oh, beautiful willow tree,' said the little bird, "'will you let me live in your warm branches "'until the springtime comes?' "'No, indeed,' said the willow tree. "'I never speak to strangers. Go away.' "'The poor little bird did not know where to go, "'but he hopped and fluttered along with his broken wing. "'Presently the spruce tree saw him and said, "'Where are you going, little bird?' "'I do not know,' said the bird.' THE TREES WILL NOT LET ME LIVE WITH THEM, AND MY WING IS BROKEN SO THAT I CANNOT FLY. YOU MAY LIVE ON ONE OF MY BRANCHES, SAID THE SPRUCE. HERE'S THE WARMEST ONE OF ALL. BUT MAY I STAY ALL WINTER? YES, SAID THE SPRUCE. I SHALL LIKE TO HAVE YOU. THE PINE TREE STOOD BESIDE THE SPRUCE, AND WHEN HE SAW THE LITTLE BIRD HOPPING AND FLUTTERING WITH HIS BROKEN WING, HE SAID, MY BRANCHES ARE NOT VERY WARM, BUT I CAN KEEP THE WIND OFF BECAUSE I AM BIG AND STRONG. So the little bird fluttered up into the warm branches of the spruce, and the pine tree kept the wind off his house. Then the juniper tree saw what was going on and said that she would give the little bird his dinner all the winter from her branches. Juniper berries are very good for little birds. The little bird was very comfortable in his warm nest, sheltered from the wind, with juniper berries to eat. The trees at the edge of the forest remarked upon it to each other, "'I wouldn't take care of a strange bird,' said the birch. "'I wouldn't risk my acorns,' said the oak. "'I would not speak to strangers,' said the willow, and the trees stood up very tall and proud. That night the north wind came to the woods to play. He puffed at the leaves with his icy breath, and every leaf he touched fell to the ground. He wanted to touch every leaf in the forest, for he loved to see the trees bare. May I touch every leaf? He said to his father, the Frost King. No, said the Frost King. The trees which were kind to the bird with the broken wing may keep their leaves. So North Wind had to leave them alone. And the spruce, the pine, and the juniper tree kept their leaves all through the winter. And they have done so ever since.
1: I love that story. When you read it to me, I
0: was excited that you were putting it into the podcast. I loved it I I fell in love with the sweet story
1: yeah and it's not something I've ever heard before it's very yeah. Unique. me neither ah. I have a cat that is trying to get my attention desperately <laughs> and I'm trying desperately to keep her from jumping up and making all sorts of noise up here that may still happen warning
0: <laughs> warning errant cat yes spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> Now we have some things connected to Yule, and Tatiana starts with the Yule log. Yeah, the Yule log
1: in pagan times is in honor of the winter solstice. The family would search out the hardiest of the oak trees in submissiveness of the gods, particularly the god of thunder, and honor the returning of the light and sun and prosperity. Here I recommend going to earthwitchery.com as they have a concise telling of pagan beliefs surrounding the burning of the Yule Log, how the ashes were used, and how it sometimes is done by modern witches today. It's really phenomenal and it, would, I wouldn't have done it justice in writing it here. I suggest you do go to earthwitchery.com. One item they include is an old chant with unknown origins and it goes like this. May the log burn, may the wheel turn, may evil spirits spurn, May the sun return. A little tricky on the tongue, I think, but Mm -hmm. I liked it. There are some who believe that the Yule log was once an entire tree. The tree would need to be cut on Christmas Eve. The large end was cut and would be helped to feed the fire through the 12 days of Christmas, which was from Christmas Day until the 12th of January, which is also known as the 12th night. During this time, no labor was to be performed. It was Mm. considered bad luck to do anything. Ah, in more modern times, the Yule log is done in the form of a sponge cake originating from France called Bouche de Noel. This was a, in a response to Napoleon banning the burning of logs inside the homes because he thought it was the cause of people becoming ill. It is made to look like a Yule log and is usually chocolate, but sometimes it's gingerbread.
0: That sounds so good right now. It does.
1: I believe the reason this tradition has stuck is because fewer people have fireplaces today. In the mid-60s in New York, the looping of a video showing a blazing fire with Christmas music in the background, done by Fred Thrower, became very popular on TV. Later this was translated onto video around 2004. Another newer tradition is varying versions of lighting candles instead of using an actual log to burn. Sometimes candles can be found sitting in pre-made cutouts within a Yule log of sorts. Mm Mm-hmm. I think my brother made one of
0: those one year.
1: Yeah? Yeah, he did. I've always wanted to do one of those. I also thought it was really interesting about the video and how that came to be, because I only knew about the fireplace burning video when we got uh, streaming, actually. Oh, okay.
0: I didn't realize it had been around much longer. Yeah, yeah. All right. You want to give us Ivy? Sure. Ivy is considered to be of the goddess for the spiral shape in which it grows. Often found on or around dead and decaying trees, ivy symbolized resurrection and the soul. It also corresponds with friendships and relationships because of its twining and weaving. Ivy is associated with Bacchus because of his ivy crown. Talking about crowns, ivy is often magically paired with holly and woven together as a crown. Both are evergreens. Ivy was often used as a Yule decoration, as there were few other plants available for decoration. Ivy was used in opposition to holly, as ivy is a goddess plant and holly is a god plant. Yule is when the year switches over to the god, or the light part of the year. The ivy represents the waning of the goddess part of the year. And here is the holly branch. Holly branch,
1: starting with the pagans, In ancient lore, it has the holly king, the death aspect of the god, and the oak king, the aspect of rebirth, fought each other with the holly winning the dark half of the year and the oak winning the lighter half of the year. Side note, holly in Druidic belief stands for, in part, for victory, and the oak stands for strength. Holly in magical practice is most often used for protection. The leaves, being thorny, help in keeping away unsavory, unsavory characters away when planted as a hedge or around your home. It's also said to keep unwanted negative spirits away. Bringing it indoors was thought to have invited fairies in which were thought to have brought good luck. In this way it provides safety and good luck and therefore hangs in the home. Druids were of the belief that cutting down a holly tree was bad luck. But trimming the branches was okay. Holly has some connection to attracting your future love by either sleeping with it under your pillow or carrying it in your pocket. What I did learn is that putting it under the pillow was something that the ladies would do and the men would carry it in their pockets. That just sounds pokey. It does. Doesn't sound comfortable at all. Seems a little bit of a sacrifice there. Mm hmm. <laughs> there were cups that were made of Hollywood and were used in to keep whooping cough away from their children. Hmm. As it becomes a part of the early Christian culture, it maintains some of the main sentiments. Apparently farmers used it by hanging it in the cow stables so that they would produce more milk and thought that burning it on the 12th night would ensure no bad luck would befall them. Often it was used for good luck in the churches and branches were given to the parishioners. Holly water was made to bathe babies to ensure long life. And I had to wonder, like, if not some aspect of that is incorporated in the idea of holy water in the christening of the Catholic churches. Hmm. Just seemed kind of interesting, kind of close, you know? Like some of these other things are really close. I could be way off base there, but it just is sort of like an idea I was entertaining. Yeah. So interesting notes. In pagan times, Holly was considered to be able to protect from lightning strikes. Which I think is also that association with the god of thunder. Mm Mm-hmm. Today, it's been confirmed that the veins in the leaves of the holly act as miniature lightning rods and protect the tree and other
0: things nearby it. Ooh, how interesting. I thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah, no kidding. Moving on. All right, evergreens. With the European ancestors, evergreens were a symbol of life and were revered as a symbol of the goddess who never dies. So immortality. Lights and ornaments are put on as representations of the stars and the sun. Pines are known for their banishing, fertility, prosperity, and purification aspects. Spruce is associated with protection, endurance, resilience, psychic abilities, and intuition. And fir is beginnings, immortality, regeneration, healing, energy, and growth. And those are just three evergreens that I picked out to kind of give an example Now is mistletoe. The fun mistletoe. (laughs) Mistletoe was once a symbol of peace.
1: Kissing was seen as a form of reconciliation or end of disharmony. Hmm. The Norse would make peace under the mistletoe, laying down their weapons in times of war or disharmony. The Norse called mistletoe mistletien, meaning sacred tree. Gods and goddesses associated with it are often from the Greek, Venus and Apollo, And then also the north Freya, Baldur, and Odin. The sun and air are connected to it which are both symbols of new beginnings. The berries symbolize fertility and the plant in its abundant nature suggests prosperity. The plant does not produce berries in midsummer, when it can also be harvested, but does in the winter. Berries could be used for amulets of fertility. Druids saw this plant as sacred, and it had to be harvested under a waxing moon, preferably with a golden sickle, and a white cloth would be put down on the ground underneath it to keep it from touching the earth. This was done so its magical powers wouldn't return into the earth. It was thought if any magical herb were to touch the ground after being harvested, they would lose their magical properties. By the way, just a complete side note. And how we deal with this today is a lot of people actually use their shotguns to shoot down the branch because it's too high. Oh, well then. Yes,
0: it's quite a different way about going Target about practice. That. Yeah. Last but not least, we have birch. It is one of the first trees to sprout new leaves in the spring. It is associated with new beginnings, death, and rebirth. It is a hardy tree that is one of the first to start growing in a clear-cut or fire-level land. It tends to grow in groups called stands. Birch is traditionally used for the witch's besom or broom. With links to the north goddess Freya, this is a tree of the goddess. In addition to being associated with new beginnings, birch is also good for protection, especially psychic protection, resilience, love, and wisdom, sometimes used for the yule log in place of oak. And now we have an activity.
1: Yeah, we have a couple of activities, but before we start activities, I wanted to just share something that I used to do and that I came up with for my coven, Braden Court. Ooh, way back when. I've heard people do this in different ways. Now they've come up with things that are similar. Mm-hmm. This was goes way back, and nothing like this really existed in the same way. Mm-hmm. It was a pre-Yule activity, mm-hmm. and I called it Elving our spiritual tradition was based around the uh, Fae, it is not at all in reference to the elves we think of with Christmas. Mm -hmm. In the beginning of December, what we'd do is put all of the names of the coveners on slips of paper and then place them into a cauldron. At which point, each of us would then pull a piece of paper out of the cauldron, as you can expect, we kept it secret as to who we'd gotten. Then starting seven days prior to Yule, every person would do a surprise for their coven mate, secretly, each day leading up to Yule. And when I say surprise, some examples might be putting glitter at their front door area, or setting a candy bar on the windshield, or writing little elven notes with goodies and miniature baskets placed somewhere that they were sure to find it. So nothing big. It doesn't have to cost anything. And I can tell you that in the stress of the season, how many times I've come across it, come home to a little fairy gift, it has literally made my day. Then at the end of the seven days, what we would do is on Yule Eve, you would give a small present to the individual that you had chosen. And again, nothing big. You could make something. I just wanted to also say that I remember going all the way out to the community college nearby mm-hmm. and putting a note secretly on my friend's and coven mate's car, hoping it wouldn't rain, mind you, because mm-hmm. that's the time of year for rain. I think I might have even put it in a plastic bag. Oh, boy. Can you imagine coming out of a class, probably stressed, mm-hmm. come to your car and you find a little goody like that? That would be lovely. I remember one day I was just about in tears the day had been so bad I walked up the steps to my apartment and found I think glitter and notes and a little basket with some goodies in it mm. like a little elven type doll that somebody had made it mm-hmm. was so cute and some stones you know magical stones mm-hmm. it was just lovely sweet yeah So I just wanted to share that because I wish I could still do it today I'm still trying to figure out a way to do it as a solitary practitioner. And do it with, like, friends who are of the same thinking, mm-hmm. but haven't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. All right, now we'll get to activity number one. Haha. This is a time for magical rest. We've worked our end-of-the-year difficult magic at Samhain, and now is a time to celebrate the returning of the light. Our magic is really just sitting with that energy. Some supplies that you will need will be a tall white glass candle representing peace and purity. You'll need some Mod Podge that can be found at any craft store. Or is it Modge Podge? I'm not sure which it is. I'm sure you'll find it though based on what I just said. Also you will need a glue gun, images that are cut out that represent returning light. What you would like to see in the coming year. A large piece of cardboard. Any or all of the following, oak and holly leaves, mistletoe, evergreens, ivy, gold foil or wrapping paper, some glitter glue which is optional, essential oil which is also optional but here are some ideas, lemon balm, frankincense and myrrh, cinnamon, sandalwood, clove, sweet orange and fir. The idea here is to decorate the candle with as many images as you like using the Mod Podge to keep them in place, symbolizing returning light into your life, leaving maybe a half an inch to an inch at the bottom free of images. Using the glitter glue around or on the images heightens your effect. You can now add in any essential oils that you have chosen into the candle, but make sure you don't use too much of the oils, thus creating a larger flame than is safe. Six drops is more than enough in total. Be very careful because I have actually had candles explode if you put too much in. As always, keep the candle burning in a safe place, always keep watch on it. Then take your cardboard and cut out two circles from one piece of cardboard. One to set the candle inside of, and a larger circle that is like the first one, like a donut. This doesn't have to be large, but it does need to be big enough to affix the leaves and other decorations you have chosen to put on it. First secure your colored paper, hopefully gold, but another color can be used to represent this. I said gold because it, uh, it could represent the sickle that is used for cutting down mistletoe, sacred to the Druids. Affix this to the cardboard, perhaps on both sides. Then cut out the donut. The circle represents the wheel of the year. Now you'll take whatever you like from your other supplies and glue them onto the cardboard, creating a wreath of magic. Oak is the rebirth of the sun. Mistletoe is peace and fertility. Holly is protection. And Ivy is for friendship. You can use one or all of those. After you're done with decorating and everything is dried, Slip the cardboard over the candle and push it down to the bottom where the blank part of the candle is. Hopefully, if the hole is snug enough, it should just stay in place. If not, then you can affix three to four acorns on the bottom side of the cardboard to create, basically, legs. The whole while while you are doing this, you will use the chant that I have given you. Once you're done decorating, continue chanting until you have raised the energy into a cone of power. Once you are done... Pour all of that energy into the candle and then light the candle. The chant is, on the darkest night, return the light. Super simple that you can do it very easily as you're putting all of the materials together, putting your whole candle together. And then, like I said, just bring it into a big cone of power and pour it all into that candle.
0: Mm. Then you light it. Mm-hmm
1: do be sure to keep this away from animals because some of these ingredients are indeed poisonous for them
0: Mm -hmm. okay
1: how about activity number two
0: you'll sachet or charm you'll need a green cloth a blue ribbon some pine needles cinnamon rosemary needles and ginger preferably dry because you're going to be putting all this together in a little bag Collect your ingredients and put them in the middle of the small green cloth. So you'll probably want to color, uh, either have a small circle or a small square to put that into. And tie it all up in the green cloth with the blue ribbon. Say over the bundle, abundance and family be mine, manifesting all in good time. Until you feel you've raised enough power, then you ground. Now you have a handy and spicy smelling charm to keep with you. For your convenience, I have the correspondences for the ingredients and colors here. Pine or other evergreen, manifestation, wealth, communication, and calm. Cinnamon is protection, manifesting with ease, marriage, family, and wealth. Rosemary is prosperity, family, communication, manifestation, self-love. Ginger is abundance, success, joy, communication, manifestation. Green is wealth, abundance, growth, and family and blue is communication and joy. Now that we are done with the activities, it's time for tarot with Tatiana. I really enjoyed that. I think that sounds very lovely. It's just a really simple thing. I hope that everybody can easily get the ingredients together and yeah, have something that just smells really nice
1: and is a great reminder mm-hmm. of the season. Mhm. Yeah. Okay, tarot. I pulled the 2 of pentacles. Hmm. Uniting forces, believing in the support of another, trusting one another, seeing another as an equal, opening to infinite possibilities, an investment in moving forward as one with the same goals in mind, being balanced and grounded by working hard, but also leaving room for play. Here for us around Yule, we find ourselves surrounded by the ones we love. It's been a long year. Now is a time to connect. Dark and light come together. As the dark relinquishes its hold, the light strengthens to show the way forward. Neither is better than the other. They both have their purposes and must move together as one. Now is a time for peace. One may be playful and lighthearted, the other serious, grounded, but both contribute to the whole. What lies ahead needs commitment that can only be done with trust. Tis the season to be merry Rejoice in partnerships and connections as they
0: are what help us to create our future. Mm, that's lovely. Yeah. You always do such great interpretations. Thank you. All right. Please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. As always, we have the references in our episode notes. I'm Tatiana saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia saying so long and thank you for writing with us. This has been... Powered Powered by by magic. magic.